Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Hey there. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Would you like to take a little breath or do you want to dive right in? Um, I don't mind. How are you feeling? I mean, I don't have a topic to talk about today. I'm kind of just seeing where this where this goes, but I'm ready to dive in if you're ready, if you have yeah. something. Well, I was thinking I don't. <laughs> I mean, I have so many things I could talk about. Um, although one thing I, I could share with you, I realized yesterday that I think I have a wheat allergy. Oh. And yeah, I when I was living in the place I previously lived and I've only been moved out a month I thought that I was allergic to the mold there was mold there Mm. and damp and I thought it was that because I had like allergic rhinitis every day Mm. um like streaming nose feeling really congested and headachy and um and then I haven't had it at all since I moved here um but so I was like yes it was the mold confirmed and then I realized oh well I also um I haven't been eating really any processed food I think I mentioned in the last school I've really changed my diet recently and so because I haven't eaten any processed food I have barely eaten any wheat because wheat tends to be in processed food Mm -hmm. and I have been having some sourdough bread but I from what I understand there's not as if there is wheat in it there's nowhere near as much or something and then yesterday, me and Rob took Winnie to the groomers and we had pizza at lunchtime. And then that night we had curry and he made homemade flatbread, which is just flour and yogurt. And I was within half an hour, I think I just like had way too much that day, pizza and then more bread in the evening. I had the symptoms back and it was so crazy how unwell I felt like and I just I realized wow I was feeling that the whole time that I lived in my previous place and how horrible it was I was like wow I just you just adapt like you just get used to things like that um and I put two and two together I was like maybe it's wheat and so I googled uh wheat allergy symptoms and one of the top ones is allergic rhinitis wow and I was like ah and it also said it can be um like a cross allergy to grass pollen and I've had grass pollen allergies since I was a kid I was like oh my gosh huh the most mostly the wheat allergies I've had are um like digestion based I wouldn't normally think about a wheat allergy being you know runny nose and that kind of thing I never would have thought that I would have been the same as you I would have always thought of digestive trouble and like gluten intolerance being like an IBS connection and all of that kind of thing but no it is it's a yeah runny nose so I can't believe I have found that out now but it just really made me think how used to things we get so you know that's the physical symptom but I'm sure it happens with like emotional spiritual psychological things as well where they're so common they're such an everyday experience that we don't even see them and it was crazy to me how intense the experience was after not having it for a month 
and that I had just been living like that yes and I guess because oh sorry nearly not my tea over um <laughs> I guess because the symptoms were every day like it, yeah. it has to become an adjust- adjustment whereas until you have that break there's no awareness of what it feels like without yeah like I knew I didn't feel good but I didn't have that direct comparison and I guess that's why people give these like elimination diet things isn't it and I I never wanted to do oh it's so hard (laughs) yeah so difficult Mm -hmm. I've thought about that as well like in the past I've cut out various different things at various different times and I've Mm -hmm. always suspected like today is a great example because I've eaten eggs on toast for breakfast Mm -hmm. and I know I I'm 99% sure I'm allergic to eggs like and sometimes it it kind of stops for a little while or I can eat eggs for a certain amount of time before it affects me again but sometimes I eat eggs and it's like bam you gotta go to the bathroom and um I know this happens but I just really enjoy scrambled eggs so (laughs) sometimes I'm just like no I don't want to eliminate eggs from my diet because I enjoy scrambled eggs and I will just go to the bathroom (laughs) yeah oh it's so hard isn't it but yeah I just I think it's and I guess this is the benefit of doing like reflective work because obviously with a food thing yes there's these elimination diets there's these moments like I had last night of it all just came together in the perfect way and I saw it um but like for emotional and spiritual stuff I mean I've had times where I feel like my whole world has been turned upside down Mm -hmm. because something that just felt like life I realized not everyone experienced yeah I mean maybe I could just talk about one of those times I mean we I've talked to you about it before yeah so when I realized I was codependent was one of those times (laughs) and I never ever thought of myself as codependent mainly because I didn't actually understand what codependency was and I was hyper independent and so I was like yeah I don't need anybody so I can't be codependent (laughs) something a codependent person would say (laughs) um and so I can't remember exactly what it was that helped me to see it now but I started reading the book and I uh, the Pia Melody book I mean facing codependency and um And when I realized that my whole life had been me being like, if they're okay, then I'm okay. If this is okay, then I'm okay. And a whole web of trying to make sure that all the people around me were okay so that I could be okay. And everything that came with that, it was like, it was like all of this energy and this effort had been going into that practice just to be okay inside just to feel okay and it's a never-ending job right and I realized that not everyone does that and it was crazy to me like so disorienting yeah yeah wild my recollection did it start as like a business um a business sort of deep dive into how you were interacting with clients and that kind of thing and then sort of expanded into relationships and everything yeah I think yeah I think maybe it did and I think when I actually looked at it it was like I could have found this in any part of my life because it's so 
it's so part of me and like it was you know it was there before I was in business like maybe that heightened it for me because it you know I went into a career where um being a coach like the people who come to me uh maybe are not feeling okay or maybe they want to feel better or you know whatever it is so then yeah it probably exacerbated it and brought it to the surface but I think this is the benefit isn't it of of either working with other people who can like see things that you can't see or doing like self-reflection practices because if I hadn't done that I would just live my entire life in that and not even know yeah. and I live my entire life eating wheat and not even know it was causing my nose congestion symptoms mm. it's just wild what was the what's the equivalent of the codependency sort of symptom change like how are you without it are you without it or and how are you on the other side of the realization versus before yeah I think for me it was one of those things where as soon as I saw it I was able to begin stopping that dynamic because some people can't I know some people realize it and then they spend years trying to resolve it reroute do something different but for me because it was such a slap in the face like honestly the only way I can describe it is like my whole world tilted on its axis like I just that's that is the experience that I had of that and so nothing could ever be the same after that there was no going back and but for some that's not the case but some some will, will have that realization I wonder what it was what what allowed you to shift from from that point Mm. I think I think there was an honesty there had to then be an honesty with myself about my behaviors because up until that point there was the I knew that I really cared about how other people were I knew that I really cared about my family my friends my clients random people anyone really who came into my world I cared about whether they were okay or not and Mm -hmm. I always put that down to being a caring like nice good person (laughs) you know it was like those are good qualities those are nice qualities absolutely yeah but they were unhealthily expressed because they were not coming true you know I had to get honest with myself that they were not coming through an altruistic place they were not coming through an overflow of my own care like it wasn't like I've cared for myself so much that I have an overflow for others it was my well is empty so if the people around me are not okay like it triggers my emptiness inside Mm -hmm. so if I make them okay then my well will be filled so I had to get really honest with myself like this is not this is not just me being a nice caring person this is me trying to manipulate the feelings of others even if it's for their benefit manipulate the feelings of others so I can be all right and as soon as I saw that I saw that it was an immature behavior you know probably learned at a young age where it made sense um but seeing it so clearly and seeing the truth that was what meant I could never go back to it because it would be like going back to something I did when I was seven years old like you just there's things you just wouldn't do as a matter yeah it's so interesting 
um, this concept of of niceness or um, <laughs> like this. And I, I'm sure he won't mind me telling this story. So, and I, but I, I will prep him later that I've told this story. But um, my partner <laughs> and I actually had a conversation a few years ago now um, mm-hmm. because I, he is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like a genuinely nice person. He yeah. is, um, you know, the type of person who helps out people on the street and, you know, or everything. He's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, but when he is emotionally challenged, he re- he his fallback is to go into extreme niceness or self-deprecation um, mm-hmm. at that challenge. So he will say, um, you know, if we end, if we're in a disagreement, he might default into, oh, I knew like this is me, like I, I haven't, you know, I know I've been this way, or it will, it can get quite extreme in the sense that he will be. Mm-hmm blame himself wholeheartedly and and I said to him like I appreciate that you want to take responsibility and that it's part of your caring Mm. to 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 want to take on that and to take care of me and to be nice to me especially when I am challenging but in doing so, what you are doing is you are asking for me in my emotional challenge to take care of you in yours because your yeah. self-deprecation supersedes the problem then. Like it becomes the bigger problem than the problem because I then have to bring you out of that extreme self-deprecation. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I know it's coming from a good place but it is manipulation and we can't deal with any problem from that perspective because if it's all your fault like what what are we dealing with we're not dealing with anything or we're all we're doing is putting everything on you and that's not what I want to do and it's not even the case yeah yeah we had that conversation and he it is something that he's had to sort of work around yeah that's yeah it's so fascinating and I I think that you know you touched on something really interesting there that it because the word manipulation it it feels important to just um because I've referred to myself here as that being manipulative behavior and you've referred to it in your partner and and it's like that could be quite hard to hear I think I would have found that hard to hear before I realized it for myself and I think it's it's because it's not a when we use the term manipulation normally it's conscious yeah yeah and this is unconscious manipulation mm. this is you're not trying to hurt anybody or do anything but you're not putting yourself above other people you actually you feel like you're trying your best to do yeah. the best by everybody so um it's yeah that is interesting and but it is um you know we're all we're all manipulating all the time and I, and I kind of want to take some of the power out of that word because mm-hmm. um, we're, we're all operating, even, you know, with this specific set of emotional 
experiences, these specific set of rules that our sort of environment is built around us that we see the way that things are. And we're always working, even if we're not consciously working towards a goal, we're subconsciously working towards something, whether it be a pleasurable state or maybe even sometimes a negative state and we do manipulate the world around us to in order to achieve that state and we can't not we can't not we can only Mm. ever see things through our through our lens through our eyes you know it's that sort of when you zoom out from your own mind from your own self and you appreciate or see the fact that for every thought emotion wish dream hope that you have every single other person has exactly the same scope of breadth and of dreams and of thought and of and of emotional quality every single person is has that enormous life and we can only ever see ours so we can only ever see the way that we're going and it's not necessarily a bad thing manipulation isn't necessarily bad it's just a a movement with the world around us until it's conscious and it's painful and it's hurtful yeah yeah it's it's fascinating because what I've been sort of learning through my own experience recently is that that trying to manipulate the world whether conscious or unconscious it seems to be the root cause of all my suffering (laughs) (laughs) so so I agree on that it's not like necessarily a bad thing because it it just is and it's quite a natural human behavior that everybody seems to be doing but when I think about like the masters like enlightened masters and we have had some of them we've had many who claim to be them who are not (laughs) But when we think about true mastery, um, actually, I reckon that the thing that unites them, <laughs> and I, I reserve the right to change my opinion about this in future, but... <laughs> Always, we reserve the right to change our opinion about absolutely all the time. <laughs> Yeah, minute by minute, moment by moment. I reckon the thing that unites them is that they have stopped doing that. They've stopped trying to manipulate the world to meet some inner criteria of what's a good life and they're accepting of life without that Mm. personal sense of I need this to feel this yes yeah completely I can see that and to a certain extent that is there for it's not a manipulation of the world around us but it is that is still the framework through which they see the world so Mm. you know it's still uh, you know it's although it's I agree that it's a lack of suffering or it's a removal of something Mm. but it's still it's still a framework and Mm. you can't remove the fact that that then becomes their framework so Mm interesting I wish we had one of them here to ask (laughs) (laughs) exactly Exactly. I find really interesting is that there's never there's so when when I and I don't listen to a lot of 
enlightened masters talk but whenever anyone's kind of said I can't remember who it was anyway there's whenever you ask someone but do you still have these thoughts do you still have these you know things that come into your awareness that are that are challenging everyone says yes so everyone says you know you don't you don't remove the the thoughts that come in or you don't remove the the challenges of life and these kinds of things or the way that we um the things that we have to deal with but what you have is a is a lack of suffering or you get better at the the release of that attachment in order to not create any suffering from that point on so the the um now I've lost my train of thought mm-hmm. I think I was going somewhere along the lines of so in that case like that's still the manipulation of the thought itself I mean it's a positive manipulation but mm-hmm. the the thing comes in and then you release it it's still a it's still an action involved um but yeah yeah so yeah because I and I guess what I'm hoping because I'm doing this practice Mm -hmm. this is my entire spiritual practice right now is as best as I can the world comes in it touches something in me that I've stored because I couldn't handle it at the time and in that moment I try my best to release it and not let it take me over so this this is my entire spiritual practice I'm not meditating I'm not doing yoga I'm not journaling I'm literally just doing this all day every day as things come in and sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm really shit at it like (laughs) yesterday (laughs) but um what I am hoping is that eventually there is the charge has dissipated because I've done it so many times of like there's nothing for it left to touch mm-hmm. and so that we get to the point where um preference kind of drops away like the rain is equal to the sunshine mm-hmm. like a dark winter's day is equal to a beautiful summer's day and like there is no longer the process of having to either resist or surrender and there just is life like moving through and there's like it's unimpeded flow Mm. that's kind of where my mind is going where my heart is going at the moment and I feel like maybe that's what they reached you know because I think who was it that was a master that said um uh I don't mind what happens the Mm. secret is I don't mind what happens and, and it's like a true not minding what happens, not a I'm pretending to not mind what happens. <laughs> like, like a truly yeah. like anything could happen and I would be okay in here. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I mean, that's where my spiritual journey is taking me right now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's beautiful. I really do. Yeah. It, do you know what? It is really helping because I... I won't go into the details because it's too fresh, but I was Mm. triggered yesterday and I was unable like in that moment to have any distance. And so it did just take me over, you know, and I spent 
a whole afternoon in that place and um and then by the evening it had dissipated which is so much quicker right you know it used to be like weeks it used to be months it used to be years (laughs) and I how bad I felt yesterday after being triggered and not being able to have any separation between me and the trigger and like not to be you know not to be able to see it I realized wow I just used to live in this like this used to be my entire life was just being triggered all day every day and it's like living in this weird artificial programmed world (laughs) like that's the only way I can describe it and um and it's wild and like it you know it touched a place in me where I haven't haven't done the healing I haven't been able to uh, allow those things to come in like I have been extremely resistant to them but things that I used to have the same kind of emotional response to in different areas of my life that I have kind of done this work around they can come in and I'm untouched by them And there is a freedom and there is a, a seeing and a witnessing experience and a being able to let go very, very easily. Mm. And like sometimes not even, you know, things will happen. I'm like, wow, I just didn't even have a response to that. Like mm. that's not even there anymore. Something that would have sent me spiraling a few years mm. back. And so I'm like, wow, if I used to just live in that whole world, and now I'm like sometimes living in it, sometimes not. Like it's exciting to me at the prospect of, well, what what happens if you don't have anything anymore <laughs> that can trigger you? And the thing with that is you have to be doing it on the stuff that comes in, but you also have to be not storing new stuff at the same time. So it feels to me like a lifelong practice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I th- I think there's um there's such a there's such a beauty in that because there's there's not only I mean I I tried a fine line here because I'm I don't as you know follow the same spiritual path as you although I see a million I see a million merits in it it's just not my path currently now right now who knows but yeah it's just not my path and I don't say that to say that I'm not healing and releasing and all these kinds of things because I think that um I think that we all are Mm -hmm. and I I just I wonder how there's like I want I'm curious just about the the unstorage the Mm. unstorage of things yeah like it feels a little like um I can't think of the right word I can't think um apparently don't have any of my words today (laughs) yeah it it feels like treading on eggshells a little bit you know treading through life interesting oh my gosh it makes sense but I see it in totally the opposite way oh amazing (laughs) yeah because because for me the unstorage is going I let it come in and I don't push it away yeah for me the 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 pushing it away is what stores it which kind of doesn't make sense like on a if we think on a logical level but if something let's say like 
I don't know, a what's like a scary animal, <laughs> like a bat or something comes uh. in and I'm like, oh, bats, I hate bats, I don't want bats, right? Like I'm storing in me, I don't want bats. Mm-hmm. And so anytime a bat comes in, it touches that and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want that, don't want that. And you see this with people who are afraid of spiders. Mm-hmm. Like my mum's boss had to go home from work the other day because his wife found a spider in their kitchen and literally could not be in the house with it. Oh like she shut the door, she'd put a towel at the bottom so it couldn't crawl out, but she still could not stand it. Yeah. And actually, that's because over and over and over and over and over, she's um, stored it. Even by st- storing it, by going, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it. Yeah. So the unstorage to me feels like the thing comes in, you notice its frequency, but there's not this, I don't want it. There's like, just let the experience happen in your body without pushing it away because it will dissipate on its own. So yeah. I, wonder I, think, what you're... I think we definitely, we have the same, we have the yeah. same about about life just from a different yeah. perspective I think yeah um, yeah that makes total sense yeah because I think about like your somatic work and I'm curious I don't know much about the somatic process but my understanding in its most limited way you tell me if I'm right or wrong is that that um that storage in the body is kind of you can move that out is that kind of a we yeah exactly so the the theory or the the idea with somatic coaching is that um, there is no difference between body and mind. So there is, there is no, you know, I think these things and um, that's just who I am. The whole point is that when we invite the body into a conversation, more is revealed yeah. and it's not, we don't go quite so some, parts of the field go further into you know like the body is the the body is the score or something or something about that that's it yeah that your body's cells actually hold information um and that's kind of like trauma release and that kind of thing that's not what I've gone into because you have to do a whole separate trauma certification and all that kind of stuff but um there is it's just about how yeah that there is much more to a conversation and our body has a way of communicating with us that we can't possibly do with just the mind so yeah the process would be from the body perspective would be the same to fully allow the expression of that piece of that trigger of that feeling um through not only just the emotion of it but a a movement that's associated with that feeling or a um or anything or whatever basically whatever your body wants to do the whole point is we just follow where the body wants to go and and then the rather than not allowing the conversation to happen so the same thing's true if you don't allow the conversation to happen then your body tucks it away and it stores it away and holds onto that piece of conversation for later, uh, whatever time you might want to let it out. Most of the time we don't. And so the body just goes, okay, I'll just store it here on my left shoulder. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Um, and then you start to have neck pain and yeah. arm ache. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same concepts, two different, exactly two different um, ways of looking at it. Yeah. 
and this is this is what I love about our conversations and our friendship is that like we can be like oh here's a place where we're not sure we agree and then when we dive in further we're just like oh no we find common ground at the root and we just explore it express it see it through different lenses different Mm. avenues and I think it's really cool isn't it because you know we both have this concept of storage like there's some storing of things that we couldn't handle or that felt too hard or felt too painful or whatever they felt and then there's all of these different options for release and for Mm. perhaps not storing as much in the future and like this is my favorite thing about this kind of work because like I have I don't care how people do this like however they do this is perfect for them let's just make sure we're doing it because it's um it's profound and it it stops so much pain and arguing and disagreement and you know I I rarely if you know rarely 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 sort of fall out with anyone or or I'm like annoyed with anyone anymore because anytime I'm annoyed with anyone I'm like right what's this then where's this coming from (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and also the moment I feel that arise um I don't want it to take root do you know what I mean like I don't want that storage to happen I don't want my my body to feel that um to take that on so there's no story making you know there's no sort of like oh this person's doing this because of this like I'm more willing to uh to allow things to pass because I understand the I understand I can take responsibility for my part the reason why I'm having this response and I can also see from their perspective that they would do that too if they could or they're doing the best that they can or whatever the thing is um and then I then don't continue to associate that person or that or that thing or that subject with um with that trigger with that problem with that situation yeah it's so beautiful this practice isn't it and like you know if we take it back to the bat as the example just because it's like such a simple one it's like okay well if the first time the bat came in and there was resistance then what we're saying is like instead of next time you see a bat going oh I hate bats ugh, ugh, you're going you're letting the essence of the bat come in be felt dissipate and so in my understanding and my personal experience if you can let the bat the, the only reason you feel uh, about the bat is because you felt uh, about the bat the first time and went I don't want it it's not actually the bat some people love bats yeah. <laughs> it's not the bat's fault <laughs> that you're yeah. feeling that way but what we do is we say I'm feeling uncomfortable because there was a bat yeah that's not true that is not true yeah <laughs> yeah and it's so hard to see isn't it because you're like yeah. I'm the truth is I'm feeling uncomfortable because there's a bat there and I have stored in me the idea that I don't like bats yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly do you know I'm reminded of our call this week Um, if you want to stop the recording and tell me that it's not okay to talk about this that is totally fine 
but um on our recording this week we spoke about pricing briefly mm-hmm. on our on our own personal call and um I'm reminded of a few years ago I would have approached that situation completely differently so is this okay to tell the story yeah 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 okay. this is fine yeah so um <laughs> it came up in, in our coaching call but on both our coaching calls I said something about pricing and my pricing was at 200 pounds a month and then on Emma's call we were talking about pricing and Emma said uh, just really off the cuff just like I don't feel comfortable with charging 200 pound a month I want to charge more and she wasn't even talking about me or Michael or anything like that but um that but that just so happens that the price is probably in fact because I'd already said a certain price that that was what was at the top of her frame of reference and so that was the number she picked and I could tell that the fact that she'd said this was was bothering her even though I knew that that it didn't mean anything and so I addressed it at the end and just said look don't worry about it it's totally fine but a few years ago it would not have been totally fine (laughs) I would have internalized that as a direct um, direct attack direct hit on that and I would have not only made it mean something about myself and my choices and my pricing and pricing in general but also about that Emma no longer respected me or no longer thought <laughs> anything about me as a, a you know to completely changed my opinion and it would have massively affected not only my business myself <laughs> but also our relationship and yeah. um, and I just, it's really interesting just to see the change in that process for me. Oh, that's so good. And I, I really want to know, like, what you think helped you get to that point where it didn't touch you in the same way? Like, was it this letting go? Was it this um, thing we've been talking about? Um, Interesting. I think there is, there has been a solidifying in my own views probably they so there's so it's kind of like I'll go sort of top down like on a cognitive sense there's a there's an understanding of my views on what I want to price and what I feel good about and in general how I want to operate my business there's a there's a depth of awareness there that I probably didn't have before and on a on a felt sense, there is a there is a real respect that everyone is doing what they think is right. Yeah. And and that comes without judgment. It's not like, you know, one of those fake everyone's doing what they think is right, but I'm the right one. Um, <laughs> it's like sorry, that's the doorbell. Let me pause for just one second if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that's top down. And then, yeah, there's a felt sense that everyone is really honestly doing what's right for them. Um, And that feels like, uh, it feels like then why would I create a story or create a a problem? Um, And not only that everyone's doing what they think is right, but that there are multiple rights you know, the same as what we just said about how there's a there's a root truth, but different expressions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, you know, the same 
thing, the way that we, there's a root truth. I'm out of breath now just from going to the (laughs) (laughs) There's a root truth in that, um, you know, I wouldn't want to put words in your mouth, but like there's very likely a root truth between us that is the same at how we um, choose to price. It's just that our expressions are different. Yeah. And, and I, that's the story I would rather hold. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And how about for you? Wow. It's it's so interesting because like in the call, as you say, like, because once I'm, once I'm out of coaching you, once I'm out of that mode, I'm like totally out of it. You know, I've forgotten what we talked about. I'm like in my own story completely. And so in that moment where I said it, it came out just totally naturally and then what happened is like and we you know but I'll just say like my the here's where the codependency kicked in right because Mm. at that moment we're in my coaching call where actually like you're coaching me I'm meant to just be like thinking about me but Mm. I'm there thinking oh god have I offended Alex like I didn't mean to say that and I didn't have any intention behind it at all like everything you just said is true for me too I respect everyone's choices around their pricing and it doesn't I'm not someone who I I I learned very early on in my coaching business when I hired someone really expensive and they were shit that high prices don't always mean high value and low prices don't always mean low value like those things are not mutually exclusive at all so um but what happened is yeah I, I went into I'm not okay if Alex is not okay here yeah like if I've hurt her I'm not okay and that's healthy to a certain extent but it like totally derailed me for the rest of the conversation I was there like <laughs> yeah if I could have done one thing better I would have addressed it immediately and I would yeah. have like just stopped and said hold on let's drop out of coaching mode for one second and just look at this yeah but it's just it's so good isn't it because actually like after that I was I was reflecting on it and thinking like wow yeah like I totally went into a pattern there wow. of like of the codependency so that's where like it's still a practice for me it still shows up and like I'm finding the fine line between um, an appropriate amount of caring whether I hurt people that I love and um, not coming so totally out of my own being mm. where it's like I literally can't relax until I know it's okay yeah Um, so yeah it's it it is a practice for sure but these little moments that happen they're so helpful and I think that's part of the beauty of this practice for me this spiritual practice for me is that when hard things happen mostly most of the time I'm really grateful for them because I'm seeing Mm. them every time as an opportunity to let it go yeah and I'm like well if it doesn't come in then I don't have the opportunity to let it go really (laughs) like the best way is when I feel it and I can have a different experience than the stored one in Mm. that moment and I think this is like something where my my work is shifting from what it has been into what it what it is and what it will be is that in the first few years of my work it was like we're looking for those things right we're trying to excavate them we're trying to find them 
so that we can excavate them. But now I realize um, life gives you plenty. <laughs> life gives you plenty of moments to practice this. And yes, you can dig up the big things, but yeah. they will come for you anyway when the time's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and in, in fact, you know, the more that you search for them, the less yeah. you miss out on the good side of everything. You know, yeah. oh, yeah. many challenges and gives you many beautiful opportunities yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and if we're constantly only focusing on the challenges, we can't see them. Yeah, exactly. And this just reminds me, I shared a meme this week. And I was like, the only thing I shared on my Instagram this week is a meme. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> one. Just dropped one meme in there. Did you even one make meme. a comment? Or did no, <laughs> just a meme. <laughs> I love it. um, it's really fun for me because Instagram is no longer my main marketing strategy. So um, I just don't care as much about like having to put so much time and energy and effort into that space. But I get to just drop in a meme that's that says everything I need it to say and this meme I don't know if you saw it but it was this woman holding these two massive I don't know if they were like geese or something on her the label is life and on each of the geese there's like one that says like um blessings and the other one says like blessings in the form of suffering mm-hmm. and it's like it's all a blessing it's all an opportunity um and there's so much grace in seeing that like it's it's life-changing yeah but that in itself is an enormous challenge to get to to get to that point and and sometimes yeah. it's there are some things that will always be more challenging to see oh god yeah 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 and there there's so much pain right now so this yeah. is not to make light of it or kind of um you know kind of dismiss it in importance it's it's actually I hope people can feel that this is trying to give a new way of being able to handle that a way that frees you from having to experience it over and over and over and over again because it seems to me that it it will keep coming up um and it will keep coming up and it will keep coming up and yeah. until it's released until it's um you know handled in that way so mm-hmm. it's big work but it's like it feels like the purpose of my life and it's wild to me to say that because I've looked for my purpose for a really long time and yeah. I was the person like sitting in my old job being like what's my life purpose thinking that it was going to be a job or something yeah which is crazy like mind-blowing to me that that's what I thought um because this is the purpose of my life Mm. I mean that could be a whole other conversation it just yeah our purpose is so commodified yes Um, but yeah. yeah yeah but that's such a beautiful place to have got to yeah and maybe we'll put a pin in that we'll see if it feels good to talk about purpose next time yeah exactly do you have anything else before we close our call today I do not that feels really good to me thank you me too thank you so much